0: Welcome back to Worst Seats in the House. Michael Russo, Anthony LaPanta coming to you from high above uh, SAP Center. I almost said the Shark Tank or the HP Pavilion. It's been like 50 names like most buildings in the league, except for XL Energy Center. Next live show, January 3rd at Split Rocks. January 3rd at Split Rocks. At uh, 7 p.m., so definitely come on out. Thanks to all our sponsors, as always. Anthony, right on brand. Uh, last time you were late to a podcast, it was in Montreal because you um, put in the wrong contacts, if I remember correctly, yeah. and had to uh, go back <laughs> and today get it your was, contacts. Today was
1: not anything that I could have prevented, <laughs> and I was actually... I could have taken the staff bus Uh and come over here. They were leaving at 4.15. Would have gotten me to the rink at 4.30, but I thought, no, you know what? We're gonna try and tape the podcast at 4.15, so I better Uber to the rink so I get there earlier. And I always print my line charts before games and thought, okay, I'll just Uber to FedEx Kinko's and then I'll jump on a scooter and take that to the rink.
0: So I would have the, loved to see you in your uh, suit on the scooter. Well, I, I did wow, take amazing. a scooter over here. but it,
1: And I do that most times when we play here. In the morning after morning skate, I'll scooter over to the FedEx Kinko's and print my charts and then scooter back to catch the bus. So first of all today, I get done with a workout. I'm waiting in the lobby for the bus to show up so I can put all my suitcases and stuff on the bus. Because until the bus gets there, I can't do that. And right. I have to get my stuff on the bus. So the bus shows up at 3.15. I throw my stuff on the bus at about, th- about 3 o'clock. I throw my stuff on the bus, and I was going to grab a protein shake because I had just gotten done with the workout. Well, that took 40 minutes. <laughs> from the time I got in line at Jamba Juice to the time they handed me my smoothie was 40 <laughs> minutes. It was about 10 to order. So then I stood there, and I thought, at about 25 minutes, half hour, I was just going to walk away. And that well, now I've waited a half an hour. So I get this, the shake and I've ordered Uber. I already had to cancel one Uber because I was waiting in line so long. So now the next time I, I, did, I decided- I do hope
0: that messes up your rating, by the way. Uh,
1: I, I decided to wait then until I had the shake in my hand. So I get the shake, I hit order on the Uber and I tell him I'm at the door by the California Pizza Kitchen. Well, apparently there's- a specific door that you're supposed to wait by at this mall so I text the guy and said I'm at this door tell me if I need to go somewhere else and he never responds never responds and I get the alert that your uber driver is here so I start looking around I don't see him anywhere and I on his location I can see that he's about a quarter of the way around the mall so I start walking toward him I try calling him he doesn't answer I call again he doesn't answer I text again I said hey I'm walking toward you no response and so I finally find him just sitting by the curb, like staring at us playing games on his phone. <laughs> so I get in the Uber, we drive to FedEx Kinko's and I go into there. They've got two rental computers, which I use every day. It normally takes me about four minutes to print my log on, print my two line charts, log off. So I log on and there's a young couple there that's printing a bunch of pictures on this thing. And I said, hey, can I, I just need to make two copies can i do you mind if i print these because they're they've got probably 40 pages of stuff they've already printed so they say okay so i load my paper that i travel with in the manual feed you send it to the printer and it's like i mean you can just tell it isn't gonna work (laughs) and i've printed at this kinkos every time we've come to san jose for probably the last four years so I, get to, I grab the paper, I walk up to the front desk, I said, look, the manual feed isn't working over there, can I email this to you and you print it for me? And the guy says, on which printer, isn't it working? So I point to, the, it's the only one hooked up to the computers, and he says, yeah, you can't print on legal paper on that. I'm like, bud, I've printed on legal paper on this printer every time I come here, but it. the fact of the matter is it's not working, so can I just email this to you? Well, he goes over to try to fix the printer first. So he's over there, he's messing around. He says, yeah, you'll be able to email it to me. And so I ask him for the email address. Yeah, just a minute. He's messing around with his printer for like five minutes. I finally just turned to the other woman working at the counter who's basically just staring at a computer screen. And I said, can I email it to you and you print it? Yep, I guess. And so then she walks, there's another guy standing there and she says, what are you here for? And he says, I'm just here to drop off. Okay, so she proceeds to help him print labels, put them on his box. Another guy walks in. Are you just dropping off? Yep. Prints labels for him. Where are they going? Do you need a signature? She's filling all this stuff. The fourth person comes in. I finally said, you know what? I'm kind of in a hurry. Should I know, but these guys are just dropping off. Well, I got it, but if 27 people come and drop off, I'm going to be <laughs> here all night. And so finally, I, I get the email address from another guy who's taping up boxes, and I email it to her. Oh, man. She waits on another guy. So then I do finally get the them to print them for me. I throw them in my bag. I jump on a scooter, which I had to update all my information because it was a bird scooter instead of a lime that I normally use. <laughs> So I update (laughs) all my credit card info, I get on the scooter and I shoot down here. And then the loading dock is where I always walk in. You walk in with the team and I've got my league broadcast pass, which basically is a worthless piece of equipment because I went to the normal media gate just because I thought, no, you know what, I'll just do this to avoid hassle. Well, the guy out front looks at it, yep, fine, puts my bag through the x-ray machine. I get inside and I said, hey, am I going to the right here to get to the press elevator? Yeah, but do you have a pass? So I show her the pass, and she says, well, you're going to need a different pass. I said, this is my league broadcast pass. I'm with the Minnesota Wild. This pass is supposed to get me into any game anywhere, but right. for sure a night where the Wild are playing. <laughs> and, and she says, nope, I've got to get you. you got to have a daily pass. I said, well, our PR guy usually has them, but he's not here yet. Who has them? I said, our public relations guy. What did you call him? I said, our PR guy. Peter? I said, no, his name's not Peter. He's the PR guy for the Minnesota Wild, but he's not here yet. Well, I'll have to call him to see if he has your pass. I said, you can call him if you want, but I'm telling you, he's not here. So it it doesn't matter. And (laughs) if, when he gets here, he'll probably pick up an envelope full of passes. But, so she's gotta, I've gotta stand there and wait while she calls the Sharks PR guy to try to find out, And she. I've handed her my pass, and she's, it's Lepithy, Lapl- Laplarda, or Laplarta, so, and I said, look, the name is on the pass. You can just ask him that. And who are you with? I'm with the Minnesota Wild, the same team I was with like four minutes ago when this <laughs> conversation started. And so ultimately, it gets to where... She says, well, he says I can just write you a temporary pass, but that's not the way this is supposed to work. And I'm thinking, I don't care how the hell it's supposed to work. If it I got a podcast you to right, do, it. And, I, and the woman next to me says, "How's your day going so far?" I said, "Well, so far nothing. I can't imagine anything that could delay this more <laughs> than what I'm dealing with right now." <laughs> and so finally, <laughs> she oh, handwrites God. me a pass, and that allows me yeah. into this ultra security arena that'll probably have one third of the fans. in the way, this is it not tonight. the first
0: time a wild uh, broadcaster has had an incident coming into this. No, building that's yet. true. <laughs> Although, and I do, I do have to say, if the
1: other guy was here he might might, (laughs) could have been an assault involved
0: (laughs) oh my god Oh, man. Uh, There's so much I want to say right now, but we do have a podcast to get to and we have to get Dean down there. But hopefully um, the wild. uh, So we're, we're you know, full disclosure, this is going to come out on Friday. We're recording this obviously before the wild play the San Jose Sharks. The wild lose eight nothing. At least hopefully wild fans are uh, entertained by the beginning of this podcast. Um, So the wild going into this game have won six in a row. They've given up six goals against in those games they've won 12 of the last 15 games um this is obviously gonna be a tough game i don't know what time anthony you got into bed last night but you had a uh the the team yeah we talked about uh the the last week's podcast which you didn't know that the team had to uh bus to la after the game and then uh, then that. so
1: as we land last night i've had times where i have friends that'll say so what what airport did you guys fly into I have no idea. Right. We land on a runway, a bus picks us up and drives us to a hotel. Yeah. If you hadn't told me that we I were know, flying yeah. into Oakland, but last night as we land and we jump on our bus, there's guys in the back talking about, oh, the old Oakland trick. And I was like, how the hell would you guys know we're
0: in Oakland? <laughs> it's pitch black. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. I mean, what, what tells you we're in Oakland when you look around? Uh, I remember when we were uh, flying back from so I flew with the team to and from Helsinki in 2010 and going there, we flew nonstop from Minneapolis. But coming back, I assume because of headwinds, we had a, a land in Iceland in the middle of the pitch black night. It was it was honestly one of those things where all of a sudden we hit the runway and nobody had told us. So we were stopping there to refuel. We hit the runway. I had no clue where the hell we were. Like nobody told us where we were, I didn't know if we were in Ireland. If we like landed on a you know secluded island in the middle of the Atlantic, wherever it was, then finally somebody said we were in Iceland. But don't get off the plane, or you're gonna have to clear customs. So that was that's the way that went. So let's talk about um, the way that the team is playing uh, lately. Again knowing in full well that this could definitely change, uh, the, you know, depending on what happens results-wise here against the Sharks tonight. Um, but the Wild are obviously playing really well. They're defending really well. They're getting great, great goaltending for both Marc-Andre Fleury and Philip Gustafson, who we'll see tonight against Capo Kakinen for the first time against his old team, the Minnesota Wild. Um, what is your overall thoughts with just the way the team has been playing lately? Well,
1: i have been playing great. And we've talked so many times, not just this year, but over the years, that when you start to look at things that have to happen for success to be sustainable it almost always starts with defense and goaltending right you can outscore people from time to time maybe for a short stretch if you're going to string together six in a row nine out of ten twelve out of fourteen whatever it might be you have to have defense and goaltending and that's what minnesota's had the last couple of years and that's why they've always had a couple of those stretches where they have been able to run off a number of wins in a row, and we wondered early this year if they were gonna be able to do that as they were struggling along at about 500 because it just felt like the game was too loose. Well, now you look over these six games, six total goals allowed, their save percentage is 96 over that stretch. Hard to imagine you stay at 96, but the high danger chances allowed is number one in the league over that stretch. The expected goals against are only just a shade over two per night. Mm-hmm. So that tells you that even in a normal world, they maybe have given up 12 in these six games. And you're such a nerd. Well, but those numbers, I always look for numbers like that to see if what you're seeing can continue right and if the expected goals against were three Mm -hmm. and you were giving up one a night you'd say okay well that's going to even out at some point but if the expected goals are two it's reasonable to say hey every once in a while your goalie's going to take one goal away from what was expected that night Mm -hmm. and so even if you were at nine through these six games you're still six and oh yeah and now the one thing you have to always step back and say is this was probably as soft a stretch in the schedule as the wild will play four consecutive games against somebody who had played the night before and was at the bottom of the standings the the two exceptions during the six games were the first one in vancouver where the wild were on the back end of back-to-backs and then the second one was edmonton to open the homestand but then they caught three tired teams in a row Could complete the homestand, caught another one in Anaheim the other night. But this is what you're supposed to do. Everybody plays these teams. That's what somebody. That's what somebody
0: on my when I comment on one of my articles today said. You know, the Wild are really good at beating the teams they're supposed to beat. I'm like, do you want the alternative? Right. The the schedule is the schedule. You got to beat those teams. You got to beat those teams. You know, it's better than saying they're playing down to their opponents. Well, not only that,
1: but everybody plays them, and those teams win sometimes. Yeah. Even that Ducks team has nine wins. Yeah, and, and they just won two out of three going into the game. And had beaten Edmonton and Montreal on the road. I think the Oilers are walking around saying, wow, it's just the Ducks. They got beat. So you still have to play. You still have to win. And the Wild have done that efficiently here over this stretch.
0: No doubt. Um, you know, uh, the one thing, just on a totally other topic, uh, you know, uh, Mark andre Fleury said after the game last night, he was talking about the parody in the league. and I was, And right when he said it, I just was thinking about it. And then I was think, I was driving to L.A. after the game to go check into a hotel before my flight here, and I was thinking about it some more. And, I, you know, I don't disagree completely because I get what he's saying about the teams. Like, there's one or two teams at the tops, and then there's unbelievable parity in the middle. But have you ever seen this league with so many crappy teams and it's not just because some teams are tanking for Connor Bedard. There are some horrendous hockey teams in the National Hockey League right
1: there now. There are a couple that are really bad, yeah. and they are a couple that I believe are trying to get themselves in the best yeah. p- possible position. But some position. of these teams have
0: been beat for for, for they years. They have been,
1: but not this bad. Yeah. When you look at that Ducks team is as bad as just about any NHL team I can recall seeing, and the Blackhawks defensively aren't much better. And it's strange. I was talking to the, some people with Anaheim last night, and I don't remember a year where there were this many teams that seemed determined to be the worst team in the league. Yeah,
0: like there are some GMs that are legitimately smiling after these wins. I, I've seen one recently.
1: Yeah, and, and <laughs> after, so there are, know, after these they're rebuilding is sense. one thing, but th- there are some teams that when you even just look, and, and I'm not inside these teams i don't know for sure everything that's involved but you look at some of the guys that have been put on the waiver wire lately that have been passed on by some of the teams that we're talking about right now yeah those guys are clearly better than who they're running out on the (laughs) ice and the fact that they're sitting back saying nah we don't want them
0: that just tells you that it's pretty blatant what's happening yeah absolutely and um i just it's i don't know there it's just it's bothered him. You know what's going to bother wild fans when, like, Colorado misses the playoffs because of these injuries and gets Connor Bedard? <laughs> Or <laughs> worse, well, Chicago. I, I but don't, you know, you just know that one of the two teams in this division, like, there's going to be a team Chicago in this will division end that, up yeah. with
1: them somehow, yeah. some way. And it's just like wild I, I don't think just- I don't think any wild fan would be disappointed if they saw Colorado, miss the playoffs, no matter what it meant. But it to, doesn't. But-
0: every time Colorado misses the playoffs, they get Cal McCarr, Nathan McKinnon, Gabriel Landis, Scott, or Miko, Randon. That's just the way that they are. Yeah. They make they either like you know make the playoffs. Like it's the way Carolina was years ago. They'd either go to the Stanley Cup final or get Cam Ward. Go to the Stanley Cup final or get Eric Stahl. It's just the well, it's and just when the
1: Chicago it, bottomed out, that's what they ended up with. Back to back years, they get Taves and yeah. Kane. Yeah. That's, better, uh, you know, it's the right years to be at the yeah. bottom. That's well, I was for talking sure. to Bill
0: Armstrong the other day in Arizona, which I want to talk to you about uh, my trip there. But he, we were talking about just uh, rebuilds, and he said, you know, even with Pittsburgh getting, you know, Flurry, Latang, um, Malkin and uh, Crosby which was you know a lottery pick because of the lockout essentially they were just gifted him it took them 6 years to rebuild and it's just uh, it's really interesting tell us really bit, uh, quickly about Moe's Tavern It's a great
1: place to watch hockey games that's for sure a great TV
0: setup they've got
1: a great menu it's a great spot if you're out there for a game anyway, but even if you're not, it's just a great place to go check out the games. It's uh, located inside Fogarty Ice Arena, overlooks the Four Seasons curling facility, which can be entertaining to watch that too, even if you've got some local yokels like we had when we were up on the Edmonton trip. That can be entertaining to watch some of those guys on the curling rink, but it's a great place to just go watch games. Uh, I, the, I've told you before the pastrami sandwich is my favorite on the menu, but the burgers are good too. Check it out. It's Mo's. At Fogarty's Ice House, it's a great place. Great soups there, too. And here's
0: a word from Chris Lindahl. If you're like most people, you've been wondering if the real estate market is going to crash, Well, I went right to an expert the other day, and that, you know who it is, it's Chris Lindahl, and I asked him point blank. Chris started in 2009, as we all know, there were similar tensions back then, so I wanted to know where we were headed. And here's what Chris told me. The supply of homes would have to outweigh demand, not be at all-time lows for a crash to happen. The average days on market would need to spike as well. If you look right now, houses are sitting on the market longer, prices are being cut a lot too, but the seasons and market have both been shifting, so it's hard to say that the sky is falling number one thing people can control right now is their equity being at all-time highs. Homeowners that want to guarantee they keep their equity need to be proactive, not wait until it's too late, which is why so many are coming to Chris Lindahl Real Estate for their Guaranteed Offer program. It's a great hedge against high inflation and interest rates vaporizing people's equity. Request your no-obligation guaranteed offer right now by going to chrislindahl.com. Terms and conditions apply. And here's a word from Bosch Law Firm and here's a word from Bosch law firm Hey hockey fans, Jerry Bosch here again from Bosch Law Firm and
1: WorkCompExperts.com. If you're injured at work, it's never too soon to contact the lawyers and awesome staff at Bosch Law Firm. We'll answer all your questions, help you set up your work comp claim, and help you select professionals who will be there to help you, not the insurance company. And with almost 30 years of litigation experience, if your benefits are denied, we'll fight to get you paid. Bosch Law Firm. The call is always free and there's never a fee unless we obtain benefits on your behalf. Call or text us at 651-333-8300
0: or visit us at workcompexperts.com. Back here, worst seats in the house. Mike Russo, Anthony LaPanta, coming to you from high atop SAP Center a couple, two and a half hours before the Wild play the Sharks, Capo Cacanon against Philip Gustafson uh, tonight here uh, in San Jose. Um, I just came from Arizona, Anthony, um, and uh, got to watch two games at Melode Arena. Uh, Two very different games. One, Arizona playing uh, the Buffalo Sabres. One, Arizona playing the Montreal Canadiens. The second game, as you said on last week's podcast, had uh, left a lot to be desired, my <laughs> God. Uh, although Arizona, they they basically had the game stolen from, them. they were by far the best team on the ice. Bukestad was just a machine, by the way, that night. Played 20 minutes, eight shots on goal, I think another three or four attempted, was winning puck battles uh, left and right, but uh, they got to overtime, and Mike Hoffman uh, just shot it on net, coming through the, the high circle. Very similar to that Jaden Schwartz goal in the playoffs, uh, and won in overtime. The Buffalo game was a great hockey game, and and Buffalo is a very different team than they've been. They are on the rise. Tage Thompson, who I did a podcast with that morning, if you didn't listen, uh, go listen to the Athletic Hockey Hour on Wednesday, Hockey Show on Wednesday. And then also I talked to Kevin Adams about their rebuild situation. The GM I like though. the Buffalo yeah. team a lot. I think they're headed the right
1: direction. I, You know who, who has really impressed me with the Arizona Legion. is oh. is Clayton Keller. Yeah, I went and watched good. the Coyotes play the Flames on an off night up in Calgary before the Wild played there. And when you're just sitting back and watching and not calling the game, I was amazed at his skill level. Mm. It's it's really unfortunate that more people haven't had a chance to watch him play. And But on the Buffalo side, Rasmus Dahlin looks like the legit player everybody thought he was when he came out in the draft a few years ago. I like Owen Power. I think he's going to be a good player. Tage Thompson is, is really coming into his own. I think that's a team that we're not too many years away from talking about them as Absolutely. Uh, one of the teams that yeah. I think will burst on the scene in a yeah. playoff race. The,
0: the guy, so, Tage, I, I picked a good time to uh, to, to uh, talk to him. He's second star of the week last week. He's absolutely on fire right now. I did actually a story. He goes home in Arizona. His mom's there. His whole mom's family is there, um, you know, where he lives, where he was born, and uh, just scores the winning goal, had three points in the game. Uh, just awesome. And then I did a podcast on that morning. The guy that really, really is a different, different player, than we've seen so far in the National Hockey League is Rasmus Dullian. I mean, the way he quarterbacks that power play, he is a special, special player and is uh, coming to his own. Uh, Wild fans, uh, the Wild play there twice in a couple months uh, starting February 5th. Um, Highly recommend taking the trip down there. First of all, you can get tickets. They actually aren't on the secondary markets expensive, Um, you know, uh, depending on how much you're willing to play. That's obviously relative. But I'm telling you, it's look. as much as everybody loves to make fun of that situation, it's still the National Hockey League, and it's still worth going to see a National Hockey League game in that building. The sight lines are incredible. The one thing that you know that I could tell you from a sports writer perspective is that when we're high above the SAP center, like we are right now, you can see every passing lane. You can see every shooting lane. The game is slow as molasses. You think, like, man, this is an easy sport. When you're down below where the fans get to watch the games, like I was in Mullet Arena, you realize how little time and space these guys have and how special athletes these guys are. And so it was a real, real good uh, perspective and reality check for me to see games there. Um, as I mentioned, uh, check out the podcast with Tage Thompson and uh, Kevin Adams on Wednesday's show, next Wednesday show, the December 28th. I uh, talk with Bill Armstrong, really, really fun interview with Bill Armstrong. And uh, he's really tight with Bill Guerin, too. So we talk a little bit about that. So highly recommend that. Um, I, I mentioned uh, doing a Miro Nyes and, uh, and Matty, Ma- Matthew Nyes story. Um, Austin Matthews talking with his dad as well. Um, so a lot of really cool stuff on the horizon there. Um, but then I pick up the Wild in Anaheim, and let's talk about that game. I mean, first of all, Marc-Andre Fleury, he only had to make 21 saves, but in that second period, odd man rushes galore. He was excellent. Um, you know, Ryan Hartman sells out six seconds before the winning goal with, a, with Fleury down and out, makes a games-changing game saving potentially block shot, Um, Sam Steele just playing great right now, defensively, offensively, in a game where Kaprizov and Zuccarello did not have their best. Um, you know, he, he, I thought, was excellent. And he makes really the play on the game-winning goal where he's going for a line change, he recognizes that Dmitry Kulikov is being lazy to the puck, takes a beeline into the offensive zone, and it's, as Matt Boldy said after the game, the super smart play is what uh, caused Dmitry Kulikov to shovel that puck up the boards and uh, lead to his game-winning goal.
1: Yeah, well that's a lot of stuff. And <laughs> I guess I'll start with where you ended I had to make with, up with, for
0: your seven minute rant at the beginning. I gotta well, get my voice But, the but I mean
1: there's a lot of topics that you just covered in there. And I think you go back to the first one, which was Marc Andre Fleury. He was terrific. And yes, the saves numbers isn't anything to not gonna make headlines or anything. Mm-hmm. The wild ended up out shooting him, what was it, forty-two to twenty-two, and it'll look like a game where they just dominated. And they did. In the first period and the third period but in the second period anaheim was right there with him probably had the better of the chances and i thought flurry was um, was outstanding a couple of huge saves when it was one zero that could have made it two zero a couple more late in the period when it was one one i thought marc andre Fleury was outstanding and i think Steele has been really good what his presence has allowed is now the second line of Boldy, Hartman, and Goudreau. And if you look at what they've done in just a couple of games together, it's you can see how all of a sudden that secondary scoring could be huge for Minnesota. Boldy had a three-point night. Hartman ends up with the empty net goal. Goudreau's been much more noticeable offensively over the the last five games, and he was great in that game. We've got a graphic on him tonight that shows in his last five, I think the— and I know you love these numbers, but his expected goals against per sixty minutes over that five games is mm-hmm. like one point four. It's incredible. It's sixty minutes on the ice yeah. that he'd be on the ice for one yeah. goal against an expected level. So he's been great. And that if you can get that secondary scoring line moving, because you're not the, the Felino line is is gonna be what they are. I still think there's more offense to be had from that group. But if Steele can keep doing what he's doing, that allows Dean Evason to keep Goudreau with yeah. Boldy and Hartman, and that could give you
0: a line that could that could add some offense. How good was Ericsson Eck the other night, man? Eight, Terrific. Yeah, I mean, Boldy had six shots on goal, another six attempted, and Erickson Eck had eight shots on goal with his brother watching, have the best seats in the house from the bench. Um, you know, just a really, really cool um, game. Um, I think Dumba's played really well lately. Uh, you know, the other night, uh, Brodeen had a couple, uh, you know, uh, mishaps, and I thought Dumba really. Uh, patched up something, and Goudreau on the one play that where uh, we're, we're Brodine threw the puck in front of the net, atypical. I think Spurgeon's been great, Middleton's been steady, um, Addison, another power play point the other night on the winning goal, uh, not, sorry, on the ice-breaking goal, you could say, the ice goal uh, by, by Eric Zanek. So the guys are playing well, heading into tonight's uh, game in San Jose. And um, Wanted to uh, talk to you a little bit about uh, just the coaching right now. Um, you, you know, you were you were there. You must have had a really quick postgame show yesterday because you were in Dean's scrum, which doesn't often happen. And um, Dean allowed himself for the first time to say, and you know how reserved he is. Every coach wants a perfect game. But he basically said when some when one of the reporters asked him, what's it like to coach a team that's given up six goals in six games? And he goes, fun. You know, and it was the first time and you can almost see it was like, yeah. oh, I probably shouldn't have said that. They'll probably give up eight tonight. But I mean, that you know, I, I think that says something that Dean is yeah. really happy well, the way this team is playing.
1: That's the way he thinks the game should be played and takes pride in the fact that when they play it the right way, that's the kind of defense they play. And as a coach, that should be exciting. It's different if you just have guys who can go out and skate up and down the ice, make plays. If you're on the be- behind the bench of the Edmonton Oilers and When you stand down there after a 6-5 to win or loss and say, yeah, how great were Mm -hmm. Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl? Well, that's not coaching. It's a lot different when you stand there and say, my team is buying in to everything that we are trying to sell right now. And because of it, we're rolling and limiting teams to nothing night after night.
0: I think that's very rewarding absolutely um by the way i want to read you a quote from uh, kyle oposo that uh he said in arizona the other day this was interesting i forgot to mention it it'll be in my story on the 28th but he goes about what it's like to play in there i, I you know i i impressed with his canonness it was good catching up with guys like casey middlestad and uh and uh and oposo by the way I saw tyson jost as well um but how about this quote he goes um the thing, he's, he basically was talking about how conflicted he is about the Arizona Coyotes playing in this building. He goes, the thing that's tough for me to get past and being in the league for quite some time is that I look at the other sports and we want to be as competitive. We want to be on par with those other leagues as possible, as close to them as possible. And I just think about LeBron James walking into an arena that has 5,000 seats, and what would he say? That's something that's tough for me to get past, but they're making the best out of the situation that they're in. I thought that was pretty candid by a player you know, and that that is the way that NHL players are are thinking right now. I mean, you know, I, I think the novelty, the one thing is that what's interesting about that arena is that it'd be one thing if you said, all right, it's going to be that for one year and they just have to deal with it. And then their arena is going to be built. They could be in that arena for three and a half, four years. That's, they haven't even gotten their deal yeah, done yet. I mean, yet. it's supposedly going to be, you know, technically it's yeah, not May done 20, yet. You're right. It's going to happen. They that.
1: won't know until the end of this season, if,
0: their new arena is even a reality they have not put a put a put a shovel in the ground uh, let's say Um, let let me tell you about right now um, Aquarius Home Services your local authorized dealer for Connecticut water treatment the holiday season is here That's evidenced by the blizzard outside for the last, like, month. Uh, Make sure you are staying comfy and cozy in your home. If you need a new furnace, now is the time. Contact my friends over to Aquarius Home Services. They are offering a new furnace for as low as $55 per month. That's right, as low as $55 per month. Their quality-trained heating experts will come to your home for free and provide options that make sense for you and your home. With their 100% performance guarantee, they'll make sure you are 100% satisfied with your purchase. Aquarius believes in earning the right to be recognized recommended, which is why I recommend them every week here on War Seats in the House. They're just a click away at AquariusHomeServices.com and don't forget to mention Russo sent you. Here's a word from Royal Credit Union.
1: Take the checking account challenge from Royal Credit Union. Compare your checking account to Royal and see why it makes sense to switch. Royals checking accounts have no hidden fees and lots of free features that make it easy to stay on top of your money. You can deposit checks with the Royals mobile app, receive real time notifications when transactions happen and even freeze your debit card in seconds. See what other features you're missing out on and make the switch to a royal checking account at rcu.org slash Royal Challenge insured by NCUA. Well, we're heading into the holiday season. That means great family meals. And I, we've got a couple of exciting ones coming up at our house. On the Christmas week, I've already ordered all my supplies from Kowalski's. I'm going to pick it up when we get back into town early in the morning on the 23rd. We've got the Feast of Seven Fishes, and they help me out. Just about anything that you need, if you want it, if you let them know in advance, they'll figure out a way to get it for you. They'll have it ready for you, packed up when you arrive. And it isn't just special treatment because I was the guy who called them. They'll take care of you. If you go (laughs) in there and say, hey, we're looking for a full grouper, they can get it for you. You just have to give them a couple days' notice. They're so helpful. I love dealing with those guys, and I'm looking forward to it. We've got seven great fish items on our Feast of Seven Fishes menu for the 23rd. We've got great steaks that we're picking up for the 25th. I'm looking forward to it. And as you go into the holidays and you're going to have great meals, You got to start with the best ingredients. And for that, there's only one place to go, and that's Kowalski's.
0: Yeah, definitely go to Kowalski's for your groceries. Uh, You cook dinner any single night except for January 3rd when you're going to Split Rock, 7 p.m. That's the next time Anthony and I are doing a live show. Anthony, let's go to Twitter questions. Uh, Bill P asks If you were the GM, what's your first priority with the current? restricted free agent decisions, locking up Boldy or Gustafson, given his play lately or other similar goalie contracts uh, recently. I mean, Boldy is the priority. Once they figure out the price of Boldy, then they know what's going to be able to afford for the other RFAs. I don't think all these guys are back. There's, you know, just like last summer, it's not going to be as big as Fiala, but just like last summer, they are going to have to make some trades. There's no way they could resign all their pending unrestricted and restricted free agents, and that could make that could lead to a tough decision. I mean, I'm not even talking about just letting maybe a Ryan Reeves go. I'm talking about potentially trading a Brandon Duham or a Kalen Addison or somebody like that I mean that is absolutely possible and a lot of it is dependent on what Matt Boldy gets uh in a bridge deal
1: yeah that's all true and I always keep coming back to that if if both sides want to figure out a way to make it work there's often a way to make it work but it is a numbers game too where you only have so many spots on your roster and so many dollars to spend I haven't even started thinking about that yet. I know you always get to this point in the season. Actually, I wasn't thinking about and it, it. No, but normally you would get to this part, point in the season, and you're starting to look at what's going to happen when you get to free agency. And at this point, I'm still just thinking about the lineup for tonight against the Sharks. Yeah, we're the just game like the we're Sharks. lucky that
0: you got in the building.
1: That's true. Yep. I'm fortunate right yep. now, and I got a, I got a protein shake. You delivered coffee for me with five shots. With five shots, and we'll be.
0: Everything's going to be great. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, hopefully, Margot's gotten to this point uh, to let you, to, so she understands that you got into the building 37 minutes late. Anyway, uh, how long does Galagoski continue to sit? Somebody uh, asked. I got to think that he's sick of the press box at this point, uh, no doubt. Um, Bill, uh, the the question is, is trade becoming more the likely? Um, something's going to have to give. I mean, you know, it's just he. he uh, The problem is, is that you can't, like, depending on even what happens with Dumba, I mean, you can't just trade Goligoski and get nothing back. Like, they are going to, if they trade a Goligoski, they are going to have to get a defenseman in a trade at the same exact time. I don't think that they're just going to give Schuster a job or or Dakota Mermis or somebody like that. Um, But you're right. I mean, there's a relationship there with Bill Guerin and Alex Goligoski. I think it would make sense from the standpoint that it would also free up. We talked last week about how the Wild have $15.5 million worth of cap space currently going into next season with the all these free agents to sign, it would make it 17 and a half if you traded them. But look, um, you know, I think that he's played well when he's in there. Um, but the reality is they like John Merrill in the lineup and uh, Kalen Addison produces on the power play. I think it is close. I it would not shock me at some point if Kalen Addison gets that rookie reset that almost happened a couple of weeks ago, but right now it, it has not happened. But I think at some point it's something is going to have to give with goose because clearly he's not happy.
1: Well, no pro would be happy. I think he's played great when he's been in. It's just hard because if you look at it from the team's perspective and you say, all right, well, he's been great, what are the odds the other six guys all stay healthy all season? And you just mentioned a couple of the other candidates. If Goligoski were to leave, those would be the guys you'd have to lean on. And quite frankly, I feel a lot more comfortable with Alex Goligoski coming into the lineup as a, and we've seen him succeed when he's been in. He's been the second guy running the power play. Yeah, he's been able to play against some of the best skating teams in the league, and really, he can he, still play. He can still play. He can still skate. Yeah. And it just is a numbers game right here, right now. I'm yeah. a little bit surprised they haven't done more with rotating guys through that that take nights off, especially mm-hmm. in spots like this where it's a back-to-back, a four and six, those kind of things. You remember Tampa a few years ago had seven defensemen, and I think it was Victor Hedman might have been the only guy, and the others, John Cooper just yeah. created a rotation where they knew once every six nights they were going to be off. Yeah. And it was just that simple. He said, guys, this is going to make us better at the end of the year. Once every six nights you're going to be off. Yeah, You don't have to maybe be that black and white with it, or even that forward with it, but I'm a little bit surprised they haven't looked at it and said we'd be better off if there wasn't one guy sitting for that long of a period of time.
0: Mayhew 02 says uh, since Joe Smith NHL used him as an example at the start of the season on your on this podcast do you think the Wild pursued Patrick Kane at the trade deadline to give Boldy a line mate assuming the Wild are still playing well at that time I mean they would have the cap space if they continue to accrue to make that type of move maybe maybe Chicago could eat a little bit um, you know do the Wild a solid for last season um, you know it's Taking flower. But, um, you know, I, I still think it'd be, you know, I would rather see them go get a center, um, you know, in my own opinion. Um, but it wouldn't be out of the question. I, I just don't know if Patrick would waive it to come here. You know, I think he wants to go to a place like the Rangers or somebody like that. Um, I, I think that probably makes the most sense for him. Remember, these guys are going to control where they're going to go. Um, but you know, with uh, what what I can't reconcile, and everybody I think that listens to the podcast knows my respect level for Patrick Kane. What I can't reconcile is the way that he's playing. Is this because he feels like he's you know like I watch their games and he they does, are does so m-
1: disinterested. Like
0: it, like he, that's he the thing. Is. Like he is he's like oh, man. I hate to use this word, but at times floating and just seems disinterested. And, and he's and,
1: always looked yeah. like he's floating, even when he's not. But I agree with you. I think right now the last few times I've watched the Blackhawks it's interesting to watch both he and Taves play because I've always been such a huge fan of Jonathan Taves I have tremendous respect for the way he plays he looks so frustrated right now with how poorly that team is playing that shift after shift you'll see him head to the door the bench and just slam the door and you can see that with Kane it takes probably his worst traits which are that he looks like he's floating and circling up high in the zone and when he was scoring 110 points, 108 points a year, you'd take it. But now it looks like, it it looks disinterested. If I'm a contending team, I think all I'd be worried about is—is is he healthy? Because I know when still Patrick Kane, it's still Patrick Kane, and I know when the games mean the most and the lights are the brightest yeah. that he's going to find a way to make plays. Yeah,
0: I think everybody knows I'd love to cover him. Um, you know, his first ever NHL game was against the Wild. It'd be nice if his last was too. Um, not that he would—the Wild could ever resign him. But Jonathan Oliver asks, uh, we're going to have to go rapid fire now because uh, Anthony and I have to get down to Dean here in about eight minutes. We're going to leave, uh, shut this podcast down. Uh, Jonathan Oliver asks uh, when do Duhame comes back, and it be, will it be a matchup situation decide with Reeves. I mean, right now, Duhame might be. First of all, Duhame's got to get healthy. There's a reason why he's not skating again. I, I, you know, he's not on the trip. I, I, you know, he's got to get healthy. Uh, and when then we'll, healthy, we'll, we'll, he'll play. And, and remember that. You know, the other thing with 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 the lineup is Anthony just said about the defense too is that we're talking about Duhame like it's going to happen tomorrow. Well, by the time he comes back, somebody else could be hurt. So I mean, you know, this is the if everybody's hockey.
1: healthy. Including Duhamel, Duhamel will play.
0: Yeah, maybe over Mason Shaw. Probably I, I, I Mason will Shaw. agree with what you said last week after watching his last couple. I just think he's more expendable. Yeah, um, you know,
1: you yeah. is th- a little bit more of a valuable part. He plays in the middle. He's a he's such a great penalty killer. I think Shaw would be the first guy, but that doesn't mean it would be Shaw every yeah. night.
0: Um, Kev has, do you have any recommendations for hotel and restaurants when the Wild play the Florida Panthers at the end of January? Um, well, the go Ritz, go to the Sunrise. Yeah the, yeah, the Ritz, the Westin uh, on the beach, the Marriott Harbor Beach, those are all awesome hotels. Uh, it used to be the Westin Diplomat, but I think they've changed the name of it. Those are great hotels. Restaurants, um, what was, what's the Italian place that you and I love? I like uh, Margarano. Yeah.
1: The Mafia movie place. Yeah. And, Anthony's and Runway
0: 84 too is awesome, but I, I think yeah. It might be temporary clothes.
1: I, I wasn't a fan of that place. I thought it was mediocre at best. But, <sighs> but go, if you down by the waterfront, Martorano was really good, and. If you're just looking for more casual sports bar-type food, that Bo Camper's Place was a good place to watch games yeah, Bo and Campers. sandwiches and burgers Kim and Bo stuff. Bo Camper, I knew yeah. it once upon a time. There's a couple of good bars down in that area if you're
0: just looking for some cocktails to and a, and a decent crowd. Any of the Flanagan restaurants, too, like are uh, awesome sports bars. Uh, Christopher Vernig asks, uh, given the Wild's improved PK and defensive structure this season, how much better prepared for playoff hockey do you think they are? Well, look, last year... Their special teams was garbage all year long. And I think that we all like, you know, wondered, well, are they going to be able to magically fix it in the playoffs? So if their special teams are really good all year long, one would think that's going to help them heading into the playoffs. Um... Cindy Leary asked from earlier in the season when a player has already been on with a team, does scouts look at him again to return? Thinking about Nino when he's available, uh, the Wild are not going to acquire Nino Niederreiter um, uh, even in free agency. They had the they had the chance this summer and they weren't interested. Um, Jared asked, "What has changed about your impression of Ryan Reeves since he joined the team?" We talked about that on last week's podcast, right? Um, Johnson wants to know: Has Boldy lived up to the obscene six million per extension, or does a bridge deal look more like? Three times 10 or three, uh, you know, three, you know, into 10. So basically uh, three point three point three. Yeah, I think probably much more,
1: <laughs> much more than that. Yeah. I, I still think a bridge deal probably is most likely with him. And but it's going to be a lot more than three point three million per year.
0: Um, yeah. Uh, General Soreness Alani uh, asked, I. Um, Oilers have their dads on their current uh, trip. Has Belly considered doing one of these with the Wild for their dads? They're doing one this year and they've done it before. Um, in fact, Thanks for reading that incredible uh, father-son sit-down I did with uh, all the dads in Vancouver, including Mike Foligno. Uh, well, the Wild re-sign Reeves, Dino asked, don't you think that uh, that might might be tough? It might be like DeLaurier he's going to probably outprice himself yeah, I here. I have a feeling he's
1: going to probably command more than Minnesota has to spend. It seems obvious that they really like him, but I got to believe if push comes to shove and it's, creating a roster spot for one of the younger guys in your organization at about the same dollar amount they're going to go with the
0: younger guy um michael wants to know suggestions for wild fans heading to new york for the two games in mid-january this is your expertise favorite restaurants Ooh, boy there's a lot
1: that are uh if you're going for a, a good italian place check out la conda verde it's down it's not too far from like the the southern end of manhattan that's a good spot that's one of my favorite spots there's a great little pub a couple blocks down from that 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 we've had some good nights there it's not too far from the tribeca neighborhood where we've gone to De Niro's. it's a cool setting just okay on the stakes but that's down if you're willing to get out of the the midtown manhattan type area And I love the Flatiron District where we stay. There's a lot of good places around there. You really can't go wrong. There's so many great spots. But to me, Mulberry Street's a little overrated. But if you haven't seen it, it's worth going to check out the Italian places
0: in Little Italy on Mulberry Street. Try those. Yeah, you can't go wrong anywhere in New York City. You'll find places. uh, Go see a Broadway show too. Uh, Heater wants to know, who is one guy? By the way, he also asked about UBS. There's literally nothing around there. Nothing. No. Stay in the city. Uber there. Go back to the city. Right. Uh, Heater asks, uh, "Who is the one guy you want? You really wanted to stick with the Wild over the years, but just couldn't. Obviously, Jost is a candidate, but mine is Jordan Schrader." Uh, Heater says, uh, "Interesting name. I wonder what Jordan is doing now." Mine would be Brian Ralston. Who would yours? Who Who did you love covering on the Wild? Uh, Anthony uh, that that left as a person or a player? I think both. those are. I mean, as a Brian Ralston would be my answer for both. Ralston was a heck of a
1: player, and. I'm going to just go with the during the time that I've been doing the play-by-play and really one of the I loved watching Kevin Fiala play he was a game-changing offensive player I would have as a player I think he's one of the guys that I wish they could have figured out a way to keep but as guys I really liked so many guys from that previous core so I guess I'd maybe go with Charlie Coyle as a i I liked him as a player too but also as a person i just think he's a guy that and he'd have fit in really well with the way this team is structured right now i would wish that there had been some way to keep him around here
0: i'll tell you what uh i think it was cindy leary that asked the question about nino if charlie Coyle ever became available i could see billy garen going hard after him but uh but you know i don't think that's going to happen yeah uh but i i mean what I'm saying is Charlie is Billy's type of guy. Right, exactly. Um, Minnesota He's been sports fan. Well Three more questions, quickies. Michael, how has it been not covering the team full time and splitting beat writing duties? Weird at first, much better now. Uh, as I mentioned on a couple podcasts, I'm really enjoying getting to know a lot of these guys. I talked to Chris Weidman the other day in Arizona. Um, you know, like just a great, great person to talk to. Meeting Tage Thompson, things like that. Um, but he wants to know, Anthony, with the feast of seven fishes coming up, what's your favorite fish and seafood dish?
1: Oh boy, there are so many. The one I'm most looking forward to in this year's, I've got two in this year's that are different that we haven't done before. One is we're doing monkfish that I'm going to lightly bread and fry and I'm making a citrus sauce to go with it that I'm really excited about. And then we're going to do a full red snapper on the grill with caracara cara oranges and some chili peppers. Those are the two that I'm most excited about with this year's seven fishes.
0: That's awesome. Um, Chandler wants to know, I've gotten this question a bunch. Bruce Siski asked it too. Curious about Anthony's Ironman streak with calling wild games. What would happen if you became sick and unavailable? Would it, I mean, would it be Gorg probably? Yeah, probably.
1: I, I'm not sure. It would probably depend on the night, but I could see him maybe doing something with a simulcast with a radio feed perhaps or else just throwing. Right now, I would bet they'd throw Kevin in the booth, but yeah, it's uh, I had a pretty scratchy voice a couple times, but Luckily, uh, I haven't. Yeah. I, You've had it a couple times. A couple times, yeah. Luckily, I haven't had to miss one yet, and I would, I would assume right now, they, if we were on the road, they'd just throw Kevin in the booth. He's done some play-by-play now. Yeah, I think the Sharks are playing
0: us out of the press yeah, box right now. This is right like now, our so closing music. Yeah, this is our it's closing like the, minute. It's Oscars. A different than, uh, it's like hey, the Oscars yeah. music. When Speaking it comes of which, on I, that, I ran into uh, Dave Simonette at the Sky Club the other day at uh, uh, at MSP when I was going out to music Arizona. Telling you it was time uh, for you to go. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Um, Jay, you have a great question that we'll save for uh, next week's podcast. Uh, but he wants to know uh, what's one thing that's gotten better and one thing that's gotten worse in the injury when we started until now. I think that's a great question and one we would probably have to think about and talk about. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, again, January 3rd, 7 p.m. at Split Rocks. Hope to see everybody there. Thanks to our sponsors, of course, all the Tuttle's restaurants and Greenbelt Rainbelt, Moe's Tavern, Chrysendall Real Estate, Bosch Law Firm, Aquarius Home Services, your installers of Connecticut Water Treatment Systems, Plumbing, Heating and Cooling, Royal Credit Union and Kowalski's. Thanks, Anthony, for Thank coming. You. Appreciate it.
1: So much coming out, there's nothing going in. I know that you feel like you're never going to win. All oh, but the world won't
0: forgive a winner. Ugh, <sighs> Anthony.